Okay, welcome to episode 14 of the Flight Pass podcast. I'm here with Kerry as usual, and I need to apologize that it's probably been a little bit long to release an episode. Um, Part of that is when I think about editing, I don't want to edit, but that's, (laughs) and the other part is, as I mentioned before, I have a new job, so I'm getting into the swing of things with that it should be, give me more time to edit um but yeah we'll get things back on track so we're releasing this episode two weeks we'll have another one and yeah but the exciting thing is we've got a great guest tonight um or by reading the title you'll know who it is so it's going to be no surprise but we have um we've had some great conversations and we always say this is our best one this is our best one and i really liked i mean Although I've really enjoyed them, the one with Zoe and Dyke I thought was exceptional. Yeah, really, really enjoyed talking with Zoe, um, but this one's a little bit different. I really enjoyed talking with our guest uh, Jen Allen, and but this one was a little bit—I don't know how to put it—raw. Um, she really opens up, um, and if no spoiler alert, but if there's not a tear in your eye at the end of this Absolutely. podcast, I think there's there's something wrong with you. Um, yeah, it was a great chat. Hey, Carrie. Yeah, it was. And, um, we recorded it a while ago, but, uh, the disc golf world just got news of, um, another gentleman who passed away from suicide and Jen talks about that. And, um, it's, it's, we, we, I, I say it too, we need to take the stigma away. We need to be able to talk about mental health and, uh, Jibby was a good guy and he gave and gave and gave and did it with a smile on his face and, so few people knew what his struggles really were and um you know it's too late now and it um it hits home even if you don't know them it hits home right that's someone that we look at in the disc golf world that was uh an original from california and now you know he couldn't think of uh another way out and yeah when you listen to Jen talk, you'll 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 know where we're going with this. Yeah, and it's not it's not a, a talk that's going to make you feel down. Um, no. she's just she's very passionate about a sport, passionate about a family, and it's a really uplifting conversation, actually. Um, it is. So anyway, we'll we'll get to Jen in just a second. Let's go to the tea pad and do a quick roundup of just what's happened recently um kerry just described herself as a hot mess and she's got a good <laughs> she's got a good reason for that so kerry um what was happening in your life the past week or so or even longer well past eight months yeah. <laughs> we've talked about it on and off the tournament capital open the dynamic disc tournament capital open but uh starting last tuesday um athletes started arriving in town and we started check-in and by Thursday night, we had 377 athletes officially checked in to start playing Friday morning. So life of a tournament director, I think Friday, I got to Mac Island at 6 a.m. And I rolled out at about quarter to 10 that night. And Saturday, six, I think I got there at seven and uh, awesome karaoke night. <laughs> Left there probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Um, yeah, late nights and my house was full. I was hosting um, some of the pros. I had Thomas Gilbert here and Brian Freeze and Noah Higgins, our friend Andrew Best from Kelowna and uh, had Carver for a night. So um, I'm one of those people that 
even though on the TD, I'm making sure like we had pulled pork and coleslaw and homemade baked beans. And so, yeah, I, I ran myself a bit thin over the weekend, but I love it. And people get to drive away Sunday or Monday morning after playing for the weekend and just soak in the tub and take care of their muscles. And we woke up this, yesterday morning and this morning and we're trying to do, you know, all the payouts to the pros and chasing down players still for stuff. And yeah, so my my tournament wrap up will probably end around Thursday. So. Cool. And, and thank you for TDing. It was another excellent tournament. Yeah. You know, I've said it often and I don't think I'd want to TD with anyone else, but Chad right now, like as co-TDs, we work well together. We bring two totally separate toolboxes to the table. And then the team that we surrounded ourselves with was outstanding. So I can't say enough about that. I talk about it often. You surround yourself with great people and great things happen. Yeah, I, I, I was a little bit selfish because I played and I didn't volunteer as much as I could. Um, maybe I could have volunteered more, but it was my wife's birthday that weekend. So I felt guilty about disc golfing in a three-day tournament when her birthday was on the Saturday. But she was quite happy just chilling by herself and getting some time to relax well, without we, any pressure. We had a fun afternoon. We got to talk to some of the athletes and maybe we'll... Oh, yeah throw a snippet of that out here and there too so yeah. get to talk to a few people and what they thought and how their rounds went so that was fun yeah on friday we talked to a number of athletes and had some laughs and um with some so probably we'll just put snippets in here and there just um a few of the people we talked in in episodes in the future and yeah then, yeah and yeah and i was selfish because i you know not that a lot of the volunteers played but i got to play three rounds so yeah it yeah. was uh, it was a great Great tournament and uh, another great event and looking forward to something similar next year. Oh, it's the planning's already starting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, this is um, a longer chat, but well worth listening to every minute of it. So, you know, if you're using it to commute, it'll, it'll keep you busy for two, three days of your commute. But let's go to the circle and we have our guest, Jennifer Allen. Before we begin, our chat congratulations <laughs> thank you so much so you just won oh sorry you just uh podium came second at the music city open in nashville um so it all came together for you on the weekend or were there Somehow, still that's not what i foresaw to happen but um yeah i it was my first tournament kind of back since las vegas disc golf pro tour event and I had to unfortunately skip Waco and Austin. So I, and I didn't know the course. I've never played there before. And I, um, with flight delays and the weather that came through on Wednesday, I wasn't able to get um, the practice rounds in that I wanted to. So I wasn't playing it blind, but I did not know the course. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I had no expectations on myself and removing that pressure allowed me just to go out and have a good time and threw some good shots. And, and that's often when we play our best, I guess. When Absolutely. It is. It's so hard. I've always tried to do that. Um, but I, I set a high standard for myself. I know my capabilities. And so, and we always want to do our best. So um, I think you put those expectations on not really meaning to, and you, you pay a lot of money and you make a lot of sacrifices to play in these big tournaments. So it's not like you want to just tell yourself, you know, go out and have fun. You know, yeah. it's, 
it's it's more than that it's it's not your local you know c tier event so it's it's hard to mentally tell yourself just go out there and have a good time that it doesn't matter because we know it does so it's just finding that right mental mindset to where you can comfortably do that Um, because I, i do feel we play our best when you're just you know shutting the mind off and doing what we know what to do was there one part of the game that really clicked for you on the weekend? My putting was definitely better than it usually is. <laughs> putting was amazing. I watched the whole thing and it was, I was cheering for you so hard because I know the struggles you've had with your putting yeah. and it looked so solid. And it's really funny. I, I put a lot of practice time in and I know practice doesn't immediately, you don't see those results, you know, as quickly as you'd like to. Um, I think what I've struggled with in the past is not having that time to practice consistently. Yeah. Um, and even lately, you know, I've, with things going on in my life, I've had to kind of not really had the practice the last month. So, but I have been putting in a lot of time. And when I practice, my putt is incredible. And so I was ready to kind of see that carryover. And oddly enough, that was the least amount of nerves I played with on the course in years <laughs> so that, that's great uh, I hope that I can continue to you know reproduce that in a lot more events this year and you looked like you were enjoying yourself and you said something in the post-round interview um because you had made the lead card and you said you know <laughs> oh I want to have fun and not that those girls aren't fun but you know I think you had realized that you had a little vibe going and that you were relaxed yes. um it looked like you had fun on the final card. Is it important to you like to be able to have that feel and not so serious when you're playing or do you have to put yourself in a different mindset? Do you find that that's part of the game too that can kind of sway your ability to play well or set your mind when you have a card that's way too serious? It's a fine line. Sometimes I try to get mad at myself thinking like I'll focus more, you know, like, um, but I personally, and there's a lot, I mean, that's a competitive nature and we're playing a competitive sport. So nothing wrong with anyone who tries to get angry to get a result, right? We're not really, sometimes we're not really, really mad at ourselves, but we're just trying to like change that mindset. Um, so I've tried that. Um, it doesn't really work for me. (laughs) So, um, and I, I did realize that I was playing very comfortable and relaxed and I absolutely love playing with Macy. We had played a great round together, at champions cup last year. And it was just like it, Vanessa Van Dyken. It was, um, might've been Evelina as well as Macy. I'm trying to remember the fourth, but we had just four incredible women that when you generally feel that someone wants you to do the best that you can, no matter if you're competing against them or not, you do, you kind of, it just lets you relax and enjoy the moment a little bit more versus when you have that feeling like, oh my gosh, they're, 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 you know, mine trying to tell me to hit a tree or miss that putt or whatever, or you can just feel that kind of negative energy yeah. So um, I love playing with people that I know because I cheer everyone on. Doesn't and, and, matter. And we hear it as fans <laughs> watching live. We hear it um, mostly. And, and I don't know if this comes from 
being the age that we're at as well. Like I know you're a master's player, but Mm -hmm. Owen is the same way. Owen is very vocal and supportive. And I love watching cards with the two of you on it because I hear you guys supporting the other players. And um, I don't hear it so much from the newer generation of disc golfers, the younger disc golfers that are like, I, the tiger, super focused. And I myself, I just turned 50 and I'm that person on the card too. I'm always like, you know, supporting them and cheering when they make a great putt, even if they got a bird and I took a bow or whatever, like I really want the confidence and, and everybody to enjoy disc golf. Ultimately you play a sport because you enjoy it. You're not out there because you hate it. Right. Right. And if you are, you need to take a break. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I really noticed that like from yourself and from own and, um, I noticed Sarah Hokum's a little more, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give that, you know, that cheer, that high five, that fist bump. And it always seems like it's coming from those older, more, more time in the sport players. What, what do you think about that? I agree. And those are two other players I absolutely love uh, playing with. And I've played with them for so long. And it, it was fun that we're all in that um, age protected division. Now that we get to compete in a few extra tournaments together um Hokum being my doubles partner last year I was really sad I actually signed us up for for doubles for Masters Worlds again and I called her I was like hey I I paid and signed you up and she's like I'm not going to be there I'm like oh (laughs) I know so we don't get to uh try to get back-to-back titles there but I do love playing with both of them because again you know that they want you to do their best and I maybe it becomes from you know playing and you know that like you got to do what you can do. And the lowest score wins, you know, like we've aged enough to accept that we know how this works. (laughs) We have to do our best. And if you don't do your best, not that you don't deserve to win. I mean, I've won several tournaments that I was, you know, left a lot of strokes out there and, and, you know, had a few girls comment, like, why are you mad? You beat, you know, you won by 20. I'm like, because I didn't play, I didn't do the shots that I, you know, can do. And I, I didn't play well. And that doesn't mean anything bad against somebody else, right? We we know our capabilities. So I think maybe it's just a maturity, you know, that has that, um, allows us to do that. But also I think these, the new younger generation, like I said, is so competitive and driven and not that we're not, (laughs) um, there's, there seems to be more out there for them though, than when you started playing and Sarah, Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, you look at the contracts that are out there and the prizes and the amount of women right. playing, which, right. you know, boosts the amount of payout and trying to be in that above the cut line, above the cash line. Um, you know, it's fun to see. Like I, I've said this on other podcasts, talking with people. Um, I'm excited this year watching FPO golf, even more so than last year, because up until music city open we had six different winners in the on the podium in fpo like these girls are hungry they want they and some of them like sayonara like just getting picked up by west side like they're this is what they want to do like and that wasn't there when you were when you entered the sports or sarah or own well own came in a little bit later professionally but you know i know myself like trying to run tournaments and the payouts and trying to attract women so yeah, it's a super different level of competitiveness. You're you're correct. So yeah, and size, but I'll give a shout out to her. She's been a great player for many years and everything just clicked and worked for her that weekend. Um, I just don't think she's been able to travel yeah. 
as much, but I've played with her for several years and she's always, you know, such a talented uh, athlete, but yeah, the, the talent is grown so deep. I, I literally was looking, trying to do my monthly reports and stuff like that. And, um, looking at our, our bonus structure and stuff, I thought, man, like, it's hard to get a bonus now, <laughs> like, you know, because it used to be, you know, the top one or two or whatever gets yep. a bonus. And it's hard to get the top couple now, you know, you, you, have, you have to shoot your best pretty much all three rounds. You used to yeah. be able to squeak a bad round in and, and still do okay. And that's really hard to do unless you just have one incredible round that kind of helps balance things out, but you, you have to bring it now. There's no, yeah. no being lazy. <laughs> you, you talked a little bit about, um, kind of finding that balance and when we were setting up the time for the interview I caught you at the airport well mm -hmm. not literally caught you at the airport but we were yeah. chatting while you were at the airport when to get home and you said we're trying to get a time and you said your son had a test and you've got painters coming yeah <laughs> uh, yeah how how do you cope with that balance between family and playing disc golf now and and is it is it harder now than it was 10 years ago when maybe your kids were younger Absolutely, because I've worked a full-time job until uh, the middle of last year. So I was able to be a full-time mom, single mom, uh, work a full-time career in healthcare and still play as much as possible. So now I feel like I have all this free time and I have like so much like compassion for stay-at-home wives or moms or dads or whatever, because like you can be cleaning, like I can clean every day or whatever the week I'm home. And it's like, you blink and like the day's gone. You're like, oh my God, where did the whole day go? Um, so I, I understand like, it almost seems like I'm more busy now, not working. Like it's re really weird. Like when you're working, like you're still able to find time to do everything somehow. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but um, I do absolutely love that. Like yesterday I had an incredible practice day. I went out early, um, got things going in the morning at home, went out, there was no one on the course, which hardly ever happens these days. And so I played nine holes through about eight shots on every hole, putted there at the course for 30 minutes and came home and felt like I literally was in like, it was a great practice. Like I went out, I did hundred foot up shots. I did 150 foot up shots. Then I came home and I worked out and made a smoothie. And it was like, wow, like if I could do this every day, <laughs> um, it doesn't always work out so smoothly, but I never used to have that time to devote to practicing. I used to always say my go-to line was I pay to practice, meaning my tournaments were my practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that it's really hard to feel confident and consistent when that's how you play. But back in the day, you know, tournaments were either Saturday, Sunday, four rounds or three rounds, or the big events were Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But there was no getting there on a Tuesday or Wednesday and no play on Thursday, unless it was a world championships. And, and so you could do both. You know, there were so many of us that had almost everyone, you know, there were very few that didn't work and still were pro, you know, golfers. So I think it's, um, it's a definitely a, a new world and a, a different level where we're at because the tournaments have grown so big and so much money into them that 
you it's almost impossible to try to do that full-time job and stay out there competitively because it's really hard to to spend the money to fly into town to stay there you know that's not cheap that's that's where we spend our most money is travel yeah and if you're going to get there you know the day before and everybody else you're playing against has been there all week it's really hard to to be the top when when that's how you're trying to to compete against them so top level you've got to almost not work these days yeah i don't think people think about that i know i think it was on your podcast you interviewed uh kristen and silver Mm -hmm. and they were talking about the cost like they fly obviously from estonia but just the car rentals and the airbnbs and she said you know after they add all of that up at the end of the year it's it's all i think she said almost six figures it's ridiculous it's absolutely she said it's almost cheaper for them to fly in, buy a car mm-hmm. and leave it there and fly home. Like she's like it's the amount of money that is spent strictly on travel and lodging nowadays. Cause like you said, it's not a Saturday, Sunday event. You got to be there on Tuesday, practice the course. So yeah, there's, a, and that's somebody who travels internationally back and forth, but even for someone like yourself flying cross country and yep. it gets expensive. Yeah. Flights alone are one thing, but just Airbnbs and hotels for a week, you're looking at cheapest you can squeak one by sometimes is like five six hundred dollars to towards a thousand dollars and that's a week you that's know insane. so so you you do I still try to like even it out and stay with some friends here and there and then I don't feel as guilty when I you know have to pay that big amount and you do try to you know split it with someone is great but like last week in Music City Open I was ready to kind of decompress um, after the last month. And so I got a hotel room where no one else was staying, no offense to anyone else, but just like, <laughs> it was just me, stayed at the hotel, ate at the restaurant, drank at the bar every night nice. and just kind of had some me time. So sometimes I think that little bit of self-care is nice as well, but it makes it pricier. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm just, I was just thinking about the person that goes on tour for the first time because you'd want to play as many events as possible you have to yeah yeah and then but you may may not have the sponsorship or the backing right, right. um so i mean basically you're probably in your car you know i know a lot of um pros go around with their rigs and set up and they've got a motorhome or something like that mm-hmm. e- even you know your first couple of years out there you're probably just going, hoping that you can eat a McDonald's, I think. And, right. And yeah. definitely there's pros and cons with like the RVs and stuff. Um, it is cheaper in the fact that you're not paying that, you know, say just $600 a week or whatever, but the gas and the setup and the troubles that are always with that, you know, like there's, there's pros and cons to all of that. So yeah. um, it, it is probably a cheaper way to do it though. Um, yeah. if they can afford some t- type of motor vehicle <laughs> or the van life the van life's hard though yeah it's, I, it's a small area to live in yeah and you've got to be able to find a place that has showers and and bathrooms and um there, there comes some- a point there comes an age right like yeah I'm over it <laughs> yeah like my husband and I like people are like we're gonna go camping I'm like can I bring my RV because I'm not sleeping in a tent anymore exactly. I used yeah. to love that. That was a fun time, but yeah. I'm definitely past that time and where I'll, right. I'll pay the money for the hotel. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, we interviewed Zoe and Dyke, and she was saying to us, remember Clive, her first year she went out on tour and quit and she came home and her dad was like, you need to go back to work. Cause she said, literally I toured all year to go into debt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even sometimes even when I remember it wasn't too long ago, you know, like mm -hmm. some of our top elite athletes, even if they win, they're still like struggling. Like if they didn't pay us out immediately, they're like, crap, I need gas money, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And we're getting, paid a lot more I would think balanced out more I think with sponsors and selling our own merchandise and things like that like the fans definitely help keep us on the road um and and pay it's all just slowly getting there is it yeah. full-time career paying job that you know most of us could stay at home and make more money you know yeah yeah definitely so I, I would think in the past two three four years that you know, I just see the the you go into a disco store and now many many pros have their signature discs and it, it it's it's a booming time. I think that if you're a solid player or a good player to be on the tour, and you've got you know say Innova or Thought Space or Discraft behind you, that may must make it a lot easier for some of the pros. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's no way we could do it without them. Sorry, there must be someone walking by my house. <laughs> that, that's okay. We haven't heard my dog barking yet. So we have dogs too. So yeah. <laughs> they have two but, big dogs. And they're yeah. so quiet until someone walks by the door and then they yeah. But I know when we were talking, um uh I talked with Scott Stokely when he was connecting with our young local junior here, uh Carver Whitford, and he told Carver um if his goal was to become a pro and to go on tour, that 40% of his success is going to come from his branding. I think it was 40%, 40. Like he goes, it's not just about playing well. Like you got to brand yourself. You've got to be, you know, you want the fans to want your you brand. You to sell that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's right. where the money comes from. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jeremy Colling said the same thing um, on one podcast that he was on is that the money doesn't come from the winnings. Like what keeps him on the road is, swag and merch and his brand and other yeah so you know like I think it's important the fans know that that mm -hmm. you know picking up a hoodie or grabbing a disc or wearing a ball cap it it it's all part of it it's part of yeah. keeping you guys on the road it really it really is yeah and you are sponsored and um team captain for Innova what your team captain role what do you do in that role I'm the mom <laughs> so, so I'm team captain of the women. Nate's yeah. team. I Nate's got team captain. Captain. I I tried to be mother hen to the women. Okay. Um, our women team, and I've greatly appreciated that role. It was um something that kind of had dropped off with the team for a few years, and they realized it and wanted to bring it back. We had a little vote, and um. I was voted in and by, by our team. And it, I think it suits me well. I appreciate the role and take it very seriously. Like I, I try to let our girls know that they can always come to me no matter what, whether, no matter the problem, I will try to help, whether that's with Innova, whether that's with another teammate, whether that's with, you know, 
where they're camping, like (laughs) no matter what it is. Um, and I, I think they know that and they, they do come to me quite a bit and, um, it's just a really good relationship. And I, I try to fill that gap. Right. And so I have no problems calling, um, you know, Joe Rotan is our team manager over all of us. And, um, I've known him. We're both from Oklahoma. I've known him for probably 20 plus years, probably going on 23 years, something like that. And so I have no problem calling Joe. I've got a great relationship with Jeff Panis and it's just, it's no problem for me to just immediately pick up the phone and call them. And so, um, that's really, I feel like the main role that I play is trying to help them out with anything that I can, if they're having a problem. And then motivate them and try to, you know, get us together and, and get that team camaraderie going. And it's nice to have that support, you know, for the younger players that, you know, might be traveling away from home mm-hmm. and, you know, just need, like you said, the mom, right. Just need yeah. that person sometimes to lean on, sometimes just to vent with, sometimes Absolutely. just to grab a hug. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that. I love that. It's you. I honestly Thank do. You. I think that's a, it's a it's a great role. And, uh, yeah, congratulations because well, thank you. I wish more teams did it. And I don't know if they do or not. I know Missy Gannon just got, um, named co-captain with, right. um, Uli at Discraft. So mm-hmm. yep. that'll be nice. So I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like the same, same yeah. role. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's great. I think it's nice to start seeing women taking those roles on, um, because traditionally it's, typically been a male that's your team captain so I think it's great well and our our teams are growing right yeah. you know, there's so many more playing and so not that we have like specific job titles to do you know like things to do but communication is huge right for any team and so Absolutely. to be able to have someone there to kind of help with that and, and split the team like for for Paul to have to go and like speak to the entire team and get a hold of all the women, that's I'm sure very difficult. So Missy's going to take off some of that work um, that he had to do on getting hold of people if they needed something or whatever, scheduling meetings or photo shoots or whatever. And and we also, you know, sometimes have that little bit of um, input on, Hey, you know what? I saw this player. I think they're going to be incredible or, you know, them coming to us, have you, you know, have you played with this person, you know, how's yeah. the personality on the course? So we have some input when it comes around to that as well. Um, when, when the first of the year rolls around. <laughs> and sometimes quite honestly, it's just easier for a female to talk to a female. 100%. And, you know, it's not always easy to bring certain topics up to guys. So no, no yeah. absolutely. So that, and that's really probably why it all started back up was, yeah. was really for that reason in the next couple of seasons it just seems like there's so much young talent out yeah. there so i i think there's there's going to be you know like like you were saying carrie you know we've had so many new winners this year like yeah. i think that's how it's going to continue to be i think we're all going to have that talent and it just kind of depends is it your weekend or not yeah so, um, i hope the payouts go a little bit deeper and like i said the bonuses and all that because it, it will be very difficult to be in that top four, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree totally. So I look at the men's mm-hmm. and 
if you look at the results, there's always maybe four or five people in the top 10 that have been there all season Mm -hmm. with a few other people creeping in. And yet the women's, you know, you've got Kristen, who's just, you know, she's incredible. If you're picking someone to win a tournament and you had to put your house on it, you put it on her these days. I I figured, I mean, that was my bet last weekend. We were sitting there, I was talking to Hannah and Evelina and I was like, I could, easily see Kristen come back you know because she was on the chase card I believe yep. right yeah and so um yeah she had a, a bad second round or whatever and I was like yeah there's no way that she can't come back like she's just so talented and so such a clean player I was just That's gonna it. say that she just yeah. played clean and steady on that yeah. third round and got out of her head she's like you know which mm-hmm. the things she said after her second round were quite profound about how she was lonely and she didn't quite um know how to to shake that and I'm the honesty was beautiful but mm-hmm. she obviously you know found a, a place like like you said shut the mind down and stayed yep. present in that third round and that's what happens and you know same and she's clutch she's clutch like look at Waco clutch. You know, like she was able to shut the mind down and make that final putt in Waco. And um, it was heartbreaking to see Ella lose. But that's that's a person that's been there and understands winning and has been in that position multiple times. Right. So, yeah, I think she's used to having a caddy. Yes. Yes. And so I think that played a role into it. And maybe that was where the loneliness came from is she's used to having a caddy. And I will tell you, it is horrible playing in the rain without a caddy because, you know, yeah. I was right there as well. And I usually have my cart and I, I traveled with my, my grip bag instead because I was just flying out for the one tournament. So, and I thought, well, my grip bag has a rain fly. So this will be good. It'll probably rain. But lugging around a bag, an umbrella, extra towels, keeping score, both Chris and I were keeping score, you know, like. It's a lot of extra stress. I actually (laughs) said to my husband, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen Jen play without her cart before. (laughs) Like you're carrying your bag and I hate carrying my bag. I'm too old for that crap. Mm -hmm. I I need a cart. It is like it, it definitely, I don't know if you can see, I like, I have bone spur on the shoulder that always, like it just rubs right on that strap. Mm -hmm. The, you know, still dealing with like my back will never be the same after last year. And after a couple long rounds, like my back definitely is very sore. So yeah, it's hard looking at my, I carry a lot of discs. My bag is very heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to shout out to Kristen here. If you need a caddy, just call. I'll be yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she could have got anyone to caddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, know. And I also noticed this is her first time in a long time doing this piece of the tour without silver. And usually he's on her bag for part of it. So, uh, you know, there's the loneliness just on even on the course, maybe the loneliness after the yeah, round. And absolutely. Yeah. 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 What, when was the last time you saw a player come along like Kristen, who, I mean, what she did last year was phenomenal. And she's just, after injury, has just stepped back. And although yeah. she's only won twice, could, has there ever She'll been be like a phenomenon? Yeah. Sure. Has, there, has there been a, a phenomenon like her? Well, I think there's several of the women that, that have had their little goes, you know, like how many times did Paige yeah. win in a row? Like Paige definitely has had that streak. Katrina Allen as well. Back in the day, Val, clearly Juliana. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, there's been those errors of, of women, you know, and this is Kristen's time. Like, I think she's going to be around for a while. Um, I know uh, Evelina and Hina are trying to get their athlete visa so they can play more. I mean, these Europeans are good. They train hard. They came into this as a professional sport and, and they work really hard at it. Like this is their career. And so I think with the travel, you know, all of them coming over, we, I was able to play with, um, I'm going to say her name wrong, but it's like Silva, Silva. Um, yeah. Is she, 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 did she come with Evelina and no, no, no. But they're all staying together. A lot of okay. the Europeans are trying to kind of probably save money and a lot of them are staying together. But um, I think she's 19. Oh, she wow. has so much talent, right? And we teased, uh, I teased Hannah and Evelina that, that she is like them five years ago. Like she has very little English um, and, and very shy, but she has so much talent. Like she's incredible, smooth putt and approach and she's got great distance, you know, but she's yep. been training for, and, you know, and this was her time, her first time over. And I think that's key because back, you know, even 10 years ago, the both MPO, FPO, no one had a regular gym routine and um, yeah, people tried to eat well, but again, they weren't, you know, they're eating on the go. What we're, and now you see Kristen, I think she's 30 um, in the shape of her life. And she's entering into an era where she's competing against these 19, 22, yeah. 24 year olds that are doing the same thing she's doing. They're working out, they're hitting the gym, they're eating right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Kristen, I think is gonna be around for a while, but I think she's heading into that same era of like, she's gonna start to get pushed, right? Yeah. By these younger people. And like, and I, I've said this multiple times on the podcast, if when Paige, like it's gonna be hard for Paige to win her sixth world. Cause there's so be a much lot harder. That's for sure. It's gonna be yeah, a yeah. lot harder and yeah. you know, it's gonna have to be her weekend and mm -hmm. it's gonna have to be on the right course because the girls that are now they're seeing the value in having a full toolkit, right? Having a sidearm, having a roller, having a good backhand, ha know how to throw an Anheuser. Like they're working their disc control and disc selection so much better than the past era of players did. I didn't have to learn. I mean, we side sidearms were not a thing. No, that's why, that's why my generation, <laughs> yeah. all of us who started around 2000 or before me too. Yep. You, you didn't don't throw them. You didn't do it. You nope. didn't have it. And I was, I was talking to uh, uh, Mace yesterday and was, was telling him, you know, I was, I was proud of myself um, because I went with the shot on that last approach that was my least confident that I had the least amount of skill with, but my golf knowledge knew that it was the shot. Right? Yeah. And I was really afraid to turn it out wider because that headwind would have flipped it. And I'd have been even further away from the basket. And, and I probably could have got a backhand there. Probably could have, but I just feel like if I don't make myself start throwing that shot, I'm not ever going to do it. So and it I, puts I, us I, further and further back from success like oh, yeah. I I I too I've been playing for 23 years and my sidearm is maybe serviceable <laughs> it's good for a scramble or an approach it's not good yeah. off the tee yeah. 
150 and, with the putter. That's all I have. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I can throw a wicked patent pending. Because, yeah, same. Right. I forced myself to learn a patent pending because, you know, you step out backwards, Anheuser, your disc out. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jen. <laughs> yeah. I had several of those shots this weekend, yeah. a lot of those shots this weekend. And if the new generation looks at you, like you're like, you, think, well, you don't know what you're doing. They're like, what, what is that? Yeah. I'll go up to the ladies league and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, patent pending. They're like, can you teach <laughs> us how to do that? And I'm like, so, you know, they have no idea. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cool, but really makes me feel aged. For sure. It is it's definitely one of those things that separates us. Kind of the same, that along with the flight numbers. Come up to me with a flight number. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't have those on my Frisbees. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. Definitely. I'm like, it, it it flies like this for me. Like, exactly. That's my answer. Exactly. Yeah. It's a fairway. It's a driver. It's a putter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this week or last weekend, um, some of my favorite shots were my upshots. And I really laughed because <clears throat> a few weeks ago, someone had commented on, on one of my, my posts about you always record your eyes. I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm playing. Like, <laughs> you don't want to hold your phone out and record your entire practice round. Like, I want to focus and practice. Like, I, yeah. I take practice very seriously on that. I'm going to throw multiple shots. I'm going to work on things that I want to work on. And I don't want to hold a phone or have my son hold a phone or if I'm playing by myself. And so it was really funny. It's like, you know, all you throw is dries. I'm like, actually, I'm really good at some other stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like the very first round, I took a six on hole one, um, had a perfect drive, thought that I could throw my Mako 300 feet patent pending, <laughs> came up a little short behind the, the thick of it. And where Kristen kind of threw into, Kristen was able to make it halfway through that last round. But my first round, I was right at the very back edge. And I had this tiny, tiny little hole and I hit it so clean, as clean as I could with my Firebird. And unfortunately they said it like hit and rolled back in on the front side. So oh. I had to pitch out again, but like I had, you know, a couple, I thought like, I li literally turned around. I was like, that was like my best shot of the day or best shot of the weekend. I said that multiple times after upshots, same thing, went to hole two first round, um, had a bad kick into the set, had a beautiful approach in that was again, turnover soft floated down had to hit the tiniest gap like those yep. that those shots are what motivated me last week like that's what put me in this great mood I was so proud of myself and if you're in the fairway sometimes you don't get that feeling right so sometimes exactly. the shots from the rough that you feel like holy cow like I executed that and it was so difficult the shot um through the trees that they showed with my t-bird yeah. I wish they would have got behind and, and showed that view. <laughs> like, that gap couldn't have been much more wider than my disc. Like oh. I hit it so clean and I knew I had to. So I just, you know, reached back, aimed where I wanted to aim. I had to throw hundred percent to hit it. Um, if you throw, you know, if you try to soften a shot, it's really difficult to hit a line. Yep. So I had to, to go full at it. I, we couldn't see because I was behind all the trees um, <laughs> where it landed. I knew it was close, but then after watching the replay that it almost hit the koozie, like it was like, that was just the, one of the coolest shots. Like, 
I was so proud nice. of that shot. Can we just talk about round three, hole one? Like yeah. so that, I did that second twice. shot was insane. Well, I did that twice. So I did that the second day and had, I almost threw it in on day two. Of course I wasn't on coverage. So I had a really good drive further where I was. Um, it was about where I was the first day, but instead of going Mako and I told, I told my card mates, I was like, okay, learn from day one. You just pitch up straight, lay up, try to get your par. Right. Yep. And I stood there. I was like, God, this is such a good drive. I know I have the shot and I just chose the wrong disc day one. So I bumped up to a TL and literally went right beside the chains Had a two feet foot tap in for the three on, on, uh, day two. So yeah, day two and day three, my scores equal day one. (laughs) (laughs) It was just brilliant to watch. Like, and on live too, they're like trying to guess the distance and, uh, it was a good rip. Yeah, it was a good rip. (laughs) That was a good rip. It was awesome. It was just like, I watched the Jomez, uh, the, post-production with um Madison and Erica yeah and same thing I had the patent pending turnaround shot I don't know the holes there 12 maybe whatever 13 and they're like I think that had to have been a rock like that was incredible I'm like come on you know that rocks don't flip like like that was a Mako (laughs) but um I love those shots and I love when they have to try to guess like oh my god what did she just throw Cause a lot of times I'm throwing my putter. Um, yep. I threw the Toro for that little stretched out split low skip shot that hit the cage. Um, that was, they were like, that had to have been a, a fast driver. I'm like, that was a Toro, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, upshots are fun. And, and I love the challenge of them. I love when I know this is the line I have to hit, you know, no one does good when they step up and they're like, Oh, I got this route or I've got this route or, you know, yep. your mind isn't committed, but when and you know, this is the only line that can make that work and I have to hit it. Like, and I think it's important, like, you know, I know the old adage used to be go to the field and throw, 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 throw for practice. I think it's important that you go to the course and you don't always go to play. Like mm-hmm. you can't practice a scramble out of the trees at the field. You can't right. practice. Right. The 150 foot upshot um, through a tight fairway. Like you literally got to say, okay, today I'm working on this at the course yeah. and go and put yourself in those positions. Yeah. And you that's know? why I loved yesterday being at the course with it empty. Now, fortunately, there's not a lot of trees at the course I practice at. So you can really have that. And it's the same thing, you know, where I was in Oklahoma, there was not really, I mean, up in Tulsa has some trees, but where I was playing, there was really no trees to practice. And so, um, I did a lot of my training in the field and the only way I kind of was able to carry that over when I was able to travel and play into the trees was knowing how to release a straight line. Yeah. So that was kind of my focus is okay. Practicing the disc flying straight, practicing, making it at this angle, so the field work helps a little bit, but definitely you need the branches in your face as well. Yes. Um, so you, you're renowned for your distance and throwing off the tee, but the, do, you, do you prefer an open course or do you like those courses where you have to hit the lines? 
I like open courses just because of the room to flex and, and make, I love to watch the disc fly and I love to make it do what I want to do. And so even sometimes when it's like an okay shot, but I was like, I'll get mad because like, I wanted it to flex and hit at this angle and stuff. And that just takes, you know, throwing for a really long time to, to learn that and know that. Um, so I, I like the room and the ability to be able to make it do fun things. And I've never really lived in a place with the trees, right? So Oklahoma, yeah. where I live, didn't have a lot of trees. We have trees, but not like the tight wooded, like not North Carolina, Tennessee trees. Yeah. Um, and then Arizona, clearly, I mean, if I go up to Flagstaff, there's trees. Yeah. But everything flies different anyways, because you're at 7,000 feet elevation. So. <laughs> That's right. Do you um, pick the tournaments you play based on the course or do you just pick because you want to get out and play? Like, I think I've heard like Holly Finley sometimes will right, skip an event right. if it's like a bomber course because she doesn't throw that far. Right. And right. she's a woods player and she does really well. So do you, does that play into where you decide to play? And I think even Holly would have changed her answer now. I think, yeah. yes, back in the day. Um, if there was two tournaments and, you know, looking at the courses, if one played my style more than the other, I probably would, would choose that. Yeah. I usually end up choosing tournaments because I love the people in the town or <laughs> I have gotcha. friends there or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think even now, like Holly is getting distance and um, playing those big open courses now that she didn't used to like to play, but we have to. Yeah. There's really no... I mean, you, you have to play, if you're going to try to, to compete at the end of the year and the disc golf pro tours, the finals, um, you have to ha be out there and play those events, whether you like the course or not. So I, I don't think we have the choice like we used to. Gotcha. If, yeah. if you're, if you're on tour. Yeah. So it, was it a little bit more rewarding to play a course and win when, when there's trees there and it's not, maybe not the type of course you would pick? Yeah, I think it it confirms to yourself that um, you can play in both. Like it's not you're not just an open field player. Um, I felt like I played very well for being like one of the few who didn't have a forehand last week. <laughs> being yeah. older, being older, and no forehand. I mean, there were yeah. so many lines that you almost had to have that forehand, and yeah. so I felt like I did very well being able to hang in there with my skills and not having that shot because those women have great, not just forehands, they have great forehands. Yeah. So is it something that you, are you continually working on your forehand to make it better? Or do you have, you know, have what's in your bag and you're at the stage where this is, this is where my game is at. I know it's really good. It's kind right. of where my game is, um, just yeah. because I have two pins in my elbow. So, okay. which is why I've never tried to, to row that shot. Um, because when I tried, it hurt my elbow. So I just didn't do it. Um, I am, I did learn that, Hey, if you just throw it really soft and I learned that by teaching kids, I, I teach a lot of school, um, elementary schools and programs, and I teach both shots because I try to teach the kids everything, not just what I do. Um, but we use, I think I have like 115 skeeters. And so it's real easy to throw a 115 skeeter on a forehand. You barely it move. Sure is. <laughs> so, I keep debating to put that disc in my bag. But, 
it's it's where I realized, hey, you can do this if you're not trying to throw it 300 feet, you know, just working that um, nice little soft putter shot. I want to master that if I can master that and then maybe get a really lightweight disc that I can get some turn on it to get a little bit more distance. But that full extension just hurts hurts my arm it's it's on the inside so that's why it never hurts on backhand that uses the top part of the elbow more versus so my my pins are on the medial side so well watching simon throw the glitch like 350 feet is you know it's possible like if you get the right touch and the right spin you can throw a light disc a long ways absolutely yeah what's next on your schedule what tournament I am flying out to Santa Cruz on Tuesday for the reunion tour. So um, I'm, I'm playing, I, I try to play all the majors um, that are at the age protected level. Um, but this is a, a master's event that I'm, I'm squeaking in just because I will not skip um, Santa Cruz. And so master's world is in Flagstaff this year. And we have a tournament coming up an A tier um, in a few weeks a few weeks after I get back, I believe very first week of May. And that is the same weekend as the pro weekend at, at uh, Santa Cruz. So I kind of wanted to do both of those. So that was kind of why it was very difficult to skip champions cup. Um, I, I won an invitation and all by winning the Australian open. So that was really hard for me to skip. Um, but I, I, kind of had some reason it would be different next year right it just happens to be that worlds are in flagstaff yeah so they're bringing in a brand new course i want to get up and get a a tournament round in on that course awesome um you're going out to the reunion tour what is the draw to go to the reunion tour they're they're bringing back some some old school fun right and so that's we love the game and I'm going to try this year to like being on the road is hard, right? Like that's exhausting. And so, and keeping that right um, mental state and, you know, self-care, whatever you want to call it. Like, I think it'll be good a few breaks throughout the year to have those fun events where you can just have a great time. You're there with friends. Um, it's going to be tea time. So we can all hang out in the parking lot afterwards. Not, no, 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 I'm sorry. Not tea time. It's going to be shotgun start, um, to where, you know, everyone's going to start and finish at the same time. And so they can hang out and, um, a couple other, you know, they're just, they, they did a reverse sign up. So they let the oldest age group sign up first. And like, so eighties, eighties and seventies got to sign up and then sixties and fifties and forties. Um, it's it's fun um it might have been you or maybe Des I heard talking about it about how um playing with masters is maybe because it's how disc golf was when we started but like you said the parking lot hangout afterwards everyone kind of mingles you talk you catch up whereas like you know the pros you go on the pro tour it's very serious no one's sticking around everyone's back to their Airbnb or their hotel or they're going to the gym there's no mingling and talking and um it's nice like I, I kind of I asked that a little bit loaded because I kind of thought that might be your answer it uh, is because I love that too I love that piece of it I remember when I went to worlds in um 2014 in uh Portland and we were at Milo and I kind of got drawn into that whole there was Des there and 
that crowd, that my age crowd that just wanted to like hang out and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, have a beverage in the parking lot on the tailgate. And I was like, yep. this is so cool. Like this is disc golf after was, hours for me. Right. So yeah, that was the very first year. So I was really sad. My first year in masters golf got eliminated because of COVID. So I didn't get to, I was like the only one who turned 40 that year. So own and everybody else turned 40 the year after. But um, so my very first year, we didn't get to compete for a world title. But um, when we played the next year in Tennessee, that was when I realized like Masters Golf is is where I want to end up. Like (laughs) because everyone was sitting in their lawn chairs waiting for everyone to get done in the parking lot. I love it. You do not get that on the pro tour. Like it's, and, and a lot of it is because you tee at such different times. Like you like, we'll meet up afterwards. We'll go to dinner later maybe, but it's just like maybe who you're staying with or riding with. And you you just want to get away from the course. Well, I know this year I was at all stars in Tucson and uh, I absolutely loved it. And People asked, because I was going to go to Vegas and we ended up, my dad has a place in Arizona. So we went uh-huh. down and visited and I said, I would recommend all-stars to anybody mm-hmm. over an actual pro tour event. I said, because it's the only time you're ever going to have the pros in one place approachable to get autographs and say hi and get a photo. It was such a great event to have all everybody there. Like yeah. after the round, like literally I'm standing there and I'm talking with Sarah and Matty O and Paul McBeth getting his picture taken with a fan next to me. And I was like, that doesn't happen at the pro tour. Yeah. Occasionally, if you can catch them as they're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. And the all-star is fun because we are serious. Like we want to win for yeah. sure, but it's just a little, little less stressful and it's the first event of the year. So it's, you know, kind of a warm up for us as well. So we don't, expect to like make the best you know most yeah yeah they should now this is just my and i i have things pop in my head all the time i'm um i'm sure i need medication for it or something (laughs) um the all-star weekend they should include masters all-stars oh that would be fun yeah especially with how many talented talented master players yeah Absolutely. You know, there's still some of you that can compete like Sarah own yourself could compete with the all-stars, but why, when you could compete with a whole bunch of people anyway, you know, think of the the team, there'd be Jen, Sarah own, you could have Des, you could have Holly, you could have Juliana out there if you wanted. Uh, Who else? We have some incredible Um, and, and we're, you know, we're about to, they're about to graduate in a whole new class. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in that class here. I'm, so I just turned 50. So I was the first one to turn 40. So I yeah. always still had to, I played FPO cause there was no FP forties. Right, right. And now there's some FP forties, but I'm the only FP 50. Yeah. So I'm, I You're don't still playing down. Yeah. Still playing down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She could podium every week if she wanted to though. <laughs> Well, that's no. what pushes us. That's what I know. Yeah. Down, yeah. Right? yeah. And, and you know what pushes I, I, for me, just getting out there and still doing it, hoping that it encourages those other women to know that, um, to keep going like yeah. disc golf is, you know, just because I'm 50 doesn't mean I can't golf. Nope. Might lower the weight, might get a little more understable, but I love yep. to watch 
those slower arm speeds. And then I have a, probably one of the fastest arm speeds, right? In FPO. Yes. Even still, but I love to watch that slower arm speed and just getting the full flex out of a disc. Yeah. Um, I have played with some incredible older women who, you know, you have to kind of watch your back even. (laughs) They're not going to get off the fairway, right? They're going to, maybe they're 200 foot shot, 200 foot shot. They're making that. They're so accurate. So I think we can hang in there for quite a while, honestly. I was really hoping to get to Flagstaff this year, but it's not working out. But my goal is Emporia next year for Masters. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah, I I'm excited to really try to compete and, and, and win a few championships before I hang it up. That's for sure. <laughs> are you, are you playing on the master's tour? Any of the events, Callie's tour? It's really difficult because they have, have where the schedule lined up and yeah. you know, I mean, Callie's an incredible friend of mine. And so I want to support her as well. I know this is like a huge, you know, leap that she took to, to do this, but it is hard with our bonus structure, you yeah. know, I, I don't get any bonus for playing her events because they're age protected and they're B tiers. Yeah. And so a lot of the times our bonuses are more than our payouts, you know, it yep. can, it can happen in those, those smaller events. So hopefully her, that'll continue to grow. And that's something that I'm going to be able, and it's hard to like, like goat, I could have played goat Hill. She ended up, yeah. you know, all the women ended up moving over to FPO. Um, but it's hard oh. when I know I can compete and, and try to win at that FPO level when there's more women versus not Memorial. I struggle every year playing the Memorial. It's like, that'd be a very easy win more than likely playing <laughs> masters, but I yeah. want to win that, um, you know, in, in FPO as well. So yeah. it, it is hard those first few years trying to pick where you want to play and, and you don't want to just walk away with a trophy The the two times that I kicked myself um but they were also I was just proud of myself for the way I played one of the the very first year I think I played Masters I played Vegas Masters and I played um Santa Cruz Masters Cup and both of them I would have (laughs) won by like one stroke I would have beat Cat by one stroke and Paige by one stroke and we played the same courses and everything but you just never know and and would it have been different if i was on you know league cards of fpo versus having a great time chilling in in the age protected who knows yeah but both those times i was like oh <laughs> but it, it is hard to pick for sure so earlier we were talking about the shots you made at um, the music city open um we have a number of questions and i'm sorry i didn't send them to you before and like okay. questions that we ask anybody on the show and one of those questions is if you were going out for a one disc round with say Carrie and I, what disc would you take? Can I ask what kind of course it would be? Um, <laughs> just a, just a park, hole. 18 hole park course. Yeah. You know, nice weather. Yeah. yeah. Nice weather, no wind. It just... would either be my T-Bird or my rock. Okay. Um, I, I think I could do almost just as well with both I would almost probably say my rock just because I could use it more accurately for both shots and I can still throw my rock over 300 feet so nice I would probably go rock but man I love to throw my (laughs) (laughs) t-bird and I really like the uh the t-bird your signature one out now with the um 
you know, with the woman with the bow and arrow, very cool logo. Yeah. So we, we've used her, I've, I'm Cherokee Indian. And so I've done from the very beginning, my very first one, I've, I've tried to keep a native theme. We've had the face of my T-bird, the, the woman on it, um, the warrior, um, the same woman for probably the last three years. And they tried to kind of tweak it this year when like they, they came up with this idea, they sent it to me. I'm like, yeah, but her face is ugly. No, it wasn't that <laughs> ugly. But like yeah, yeah. I loved the the strength and beauty in the previous years, her face. And so I was like, can we can I keep my girl? <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. Okay. Um, next question. If you were going out, um, what would you what's your dream card? You're going out for a round, it can be in any situation, but you know, who are the people? The, the three God, other people so that you want to play with yeah Only i mean three, it's not a fivesome <laughs> oh you can go yeah you can go with a fivesome if you want well i mean i have to throw macy on there because clearly we play well together so okay. macy would be on there um god there's so many that are tied like i love playing with own i love playing with sarah that's that's four already yeah i i love playing with Hina and evelina like it's hard just to narrow those down <laughs> Um, and then, and then there's the local girls that I love to play with my yeah. local, you know, so it kind of depends on the event. Shout out, shout out a local girl. Let, let yeah. give some love. Yeah. So I was actually supposed to play a practice round with Sarah Isaac this afternoon, but we're supposed to have like the one day the winds are supposed to be like 30 miles per hour. So we, we are going to cancel and reschedule. Now but, is Sarah Isaac on coverage at the Memorial this year? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, That's why I know the name. A, yeah, yeah. She's going to be a really good player. She's a um, soccer player. You know, so she's been always been super competitive and athletic and just just started taking up disc golf and she's going to be really good. Awesome. Yeah. And she's just a great person. So, yeah. Awesome. And last two, your favorite course to play and a bucket list course that you haven't played yet that you really want to. I want to get to Finland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and we uh, I won the invitation with with my second place finish at mco but unfortunately um another shout out to changing the master schedule and stuff but um they've scheduled the last few years i mean every week it's just there's not enough weekends in a year and so the last couple years we have back-to-back majors Um, we had two back-to-back majors as masters players own own sarah and i Uh, sarah sarah skipped worlds but I think for the rest of them, we played back-to-back majors. So we had like U.S. women's um, followed up by maybe it was Tim Zelensky or whatever. And then we had, you know, worlds followed up by master's worlds or whatever. They were like back-to-back weekends yep. on, on two majors. And that's like five weeks of, or five days of golf, like hard, you know, mental golf. And so that was really difficult. And then they always butt up the the European Open right up to our Masters Worlds. And so I, I probably should just skip it while I can still throw good shots and, and get over to Europe and do it and just skip Masters Worlds. But I, you know, I want to play for that world title too. So that's yeah. it's just such a hard decision to make. Yes. Um, and, and if I would play it, I would literally finish, fly, I mean, and get with the time change, it's the time change going jet lag and then going to elevation too. Yeah. I'm not so worried about the jet lag. I did fine going to Australia, 
Um, but I literally lost an entire day. So like went to bed, woke up, it was a different day. Um, so I didn't have any problems doing Australia. So I think the jet lag wouldn't get me at all. Just you literally lose the time and I would have like one day to practice that course. Yeah. It's so. sorry. It's a, what was the particular course? Do you have a particular course? So the, the course that they play for the, the okay. European open. European, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh, yeah, then yeah. my favorite course so far, man, played a few last year The the ball golf course that they played for Portland open was absolutely gorgeous. Um, it looks like, where they're at this week that course looks absolutely beautiful it looks insane i was just texting with uh thomas gilbert and i was like all the snaps i'm seeing like on instagram and facebook of people showing it's like that course is beautiful and just the surroundings when like and henna and evelina sent me pictures and Kristen had posted some pictures of like just going and and looking at places yeah looks absolutely gorgeous um and then vermont last year was that was a really beautiful course with the the trees you know the leaves were changing and stuff like that so it was a a really good time of year so i i like beautiful elevation changes like goat hills is one of my favorite courses just because not because it's a long ripper but it's just beautiful it's it's kind of it reminded me of um the first course that when i went over to australia that we played in perth um, except for Perth was brown and everything was dead. <laughs> California is green and beautiful, but they had these really tall, beautiful eucalyptus trees and, you know, fairways that you had to hit with huge, long rolling hills. You know, it's just, I like the beauty of it. You know, I want, I want to see some, some big trees, even though it do, that doesn't mean it's a tight wood, of course, you know, it's like big, beautiful yeah. I love that you're saying that because I think when we ask this question to um, other guests, they tend to, you know, give us a course like, oh, because they like the tight lines or they like the, uh, the scoreability or it's, doesn't, you're talking about beauty. You're not talking (laughs) about birdieable or you're like, you're talking about the beauty of the course, which is super cool. Yeah. That's, that's what draws me in. And, and I also love those courses that you just feel that old school vibe. We've been talking a lot about that old school vibe um day law is one of those courses right you just show up to day law and you know there's history there yeah and the same for morley and uh, phil down in san diego like the very first time i stepped at that course it was like there's just something special here and it's super tight course it's you know this they they create they have like every hole has like up to like j and h placements right there's like so many placements and so you never really play the same course so it's it's not about the course, yeah. But just that old school vibe that's at that property is is really neat. So those are the things that kind of draw me in. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Do you have anybody you'd like to give a shout out to? Um, everyone who supports me. We talked about how how you know important that is for us on the road and. And, and not only, you know, financially, I don't sell a lot of merchandise. I do usually bring some discs and I am, we're working on some pens and I have some grip patches now, and I'm going to try to get a few more little swag items out there, but just the support, you know, you, you cheer us on and you follow us and you communicate with us on social media. Like, thank you to everyone who, and just women in general, right? Thank you for all of those fans that support our women's game and, and are helping us try to grow our numbers in, in the FPO and, and age protected 
divisions with that. And then, yeah, the family and family and friends that, that help me and keep me going. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I really just wanted to say, Jen, that uh, you, uh, what you've been through the past couple months, yeah. you've really held yourself together well. And, uh, you know, I almost told a story earlier and I was like, nope, we're, we're doing real good. <laughs> no, no. And, and you all-stars all-star weekend when I saw you there it was very very new and uh the day after yes and the fans that came to your social media post and posted it was beautiful like the support like you're talking about people that support you and um it was I I read the comments I was like reading I'm like wow like it's so beautiful the love and support so um I just I'm glad to see you back out playing and I know that you have a very supportive um, family. And I think it's, uh, I think it's beautiful that you were able to talk about it and share it. Thank you. It's, it's, you try not to cry. And it's still, I was saying yesterday, I'm like, there is like time, time softens, time doesn't heal time softens. Exactly. And so I I probably cried every day for the first month and now I'm to that, like every other day, (laughs) but, um, it's okay. It totally is. It is. And it was so raw and fresh down in Tucson that I don't even think I had processed it. I know I had not processed it. Um, I I will say one more shout out to Callie because if Callie wouldn't have pushed me to make that last minute flight, I would not have said goodbye to my mother. So I don't know if Callie will listen to this or not. I've told her before, but um, I will say some advice. If you ever get in that situation and it may or may not be the last time, and you're like sitting there stupidly looking at like purchasing a last minute flight for a thousand dollars. Who freaking cares? Exactly. Right. Who yeah. freaking cares? But I sit there and I was like, oh, I don't want to miss all stars event. Like I worked so hard to get that opportunity. And then we have Vegas and then there's the memorial and there was just no time. And I literally had just drove back from um, a tournament from Goat Hill. Yep. And I called uh, Carly and we were talking about, you know, the tournament and stuff. And, um, she's like, Jen, just fly, just go today and come back tomorrow and play Tucson. And I'm like, oh, it's so stupid. Like, I hate to make that flight. And she, she wasn't expected to pass so quickly. Right. Yeah. And that is, that is something I will never forget because it was very peaceful. And I know that she, you know, everything was great. Right. Like it couldn't have went more better for something that was so bad, but I literally flew back the very next morning and went straight to Tucson. So I was there the within 12 hours. Of my yeah. Life. You drove in with your daughter and uh, yeah. I passed you. I was leaving the course as you were walking <laughs> in. And I said hi to you and you said hi to me. And I probably um, was like in la la land. Like, <laughs> and I just, I actually, I turned to my husband and I said, I actually said to him, I said, she's not processing. I said, I can't even believe she's here. Like, yeah. holy yeah. cow. Um, and you know, I just, I just wanted to bring it up because fan support is huge and you have an outpouring of support and you openly shared the loss of your mom and you were grateful and, uh, and you, you respond to your fans on Instagram. I try to, for sure. Yeah. And those, that support literally was the only way I made it through those first couple events. And when I got back, like I did fine in Vegas, you know, fine, meaning I, I still cried every round. (laughs) um but I got back to the memorial and I think here in Arizona and I think just being home that was the first time I've been home 
and the visit um, from the eagle on hole one that changed the whole weekend right I, I I posted to your Instagram about it and yes. um I didn't realize until today that you um that you had native Cherokee in you yeah. and I I was one that posted that in uh native lore that's someone coming to let you know that right Right. So and I'll go ahead and give that. the full story since I've already shed a few tears. I might be able to get through it. Um, my mom's pretty much last words is that she was a hummingbird. So she had, she was very still. She was supposed to pass on Valentine's Day um, from what the doctors expected. And, and she made it through the night. And she was talking a little bit when I got there on, uh, I think Valentine's Day was Tuesday. Um and so, but by Wednesday, she really wasn't speaking much anymore and she wasn't moving and she was very still and just peace the whole time. And my brother and I were sitting there holding her hand and she started just kind of wiggling her shoulders back and forth really fast. And I said, mom, are you getting your wings and, and flying away? And sorry. And she told me, yes. And, um, we have a lot of cardinals in my mom's house because my my grandmother was a cardinal, right? So you have that yeah. resemblance. And so I immediately spit out, you know, like, are you going to be a cardinal? Because I thought that would be her answer. <laughs> and where I pulled hummingbird, I don't know, but that was the next bird that popped into my head, even though that's not a typical <laughs> bird <laughs> that comes into someone's mind. Um, and so I said, or are you going to be a hummingbird? And she told me a hummingbird. And that was her pretty much her last words to us. And so we've seen another really quick story to kind of add into that. Um, hummingbirds have pretty much been in my life every day now, ever since she's left. Aww. And um, my daughter didn't make the, the flight to say goodbye to her. And I had stepped out of the room. My mom took like one breath a minute for the last two hours and so I had stepped out to call my daughter and let her know that it should be any minute and then I didn't really speak to her until I picked her up to drive down to Tucson and we got in the car and we're driving down there and I was telling her you know Nana went very peacefully she was in no pain and you know every now you know from now on if you see a hummingbird that's probably Nana coming to see you and she just had this look on her face and started crying. And she said, mom, at 4.30 yesterday, this hummingbird came in front of me and just hovered in front of my face. And so then she went in the backyard and another one. And then she decided to go to the store to make a flower bed because now she had hummingbirds. And another one, she ended up having five hummingbirds come and surround her that afternoon. Aww, and so I told beautiful. her, you know, like, like your, your Nana, the, she was her only granddaughter. And so they had a very, very special bond. And I said, you know, she knew you couldn't be there, uh, but she wanted you to be the first person she came to see. And yep. so um, that day, this, the first round of the memorial, like I've never wanted to be anywhere else besides a golf course. Like I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to play. I just wanted to lay in bed and cry. I hadn't had that opportunity. And so the first round, like it felt literally horrible I didn't want to share the footage I went back and watched it later I'm like okay it wasn't that bad but it literally felt horrible and um the second day I stepped up to that tee and I saw that eagle well eagles have always been a bird that my dad has loved and so I told myself you know 
this isn't for mom. We're going to do this for dad. Like if I'm so crushed, how crushed is his heart? You know, they were yeah. married 57 years and they had yeah. you know, been sweethearts since my mom was 16 in high school. Wow. And so I felt, you know, selfish for being that much pain and not really thinking of how much, you know, my dad was going through. So that eagle flew up and I play fountain quite a bit. I don't typically see eagles there. No, <laughs> I, I played fountain a lot and I've never <laughs> seen eagles there. Like when you posted yeah. the picture, I was like, so was, holy crap. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. And so then I proceeded to have the tap in eagle on hole two and yeah. uh, my caddy, uh, Amaya, another great friend here locally, knows the, the hummingbird story. And so we were walking to Hole Four's tee and the, the eagle was just circling over us. And then we looked up where the eagle had flown out from and there was a hummingbird just hovering at the top of that tree. Oh. I didn't ever tell that full story. No, you didn't. Super hard Good to heart. explain. Um, but that right there um, got me through the whole weekend because that Friday was my parents' 57th wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh. So to have the eagle and the hummingbird together just kind of gave me that peace. Like everything's going to be okay. We're just sad because we loved her so much, right? Like yeah. that's absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, um, so I had a hummingbird you... follow me around my entire practice round yesterday. I see a hummingbird Aww. every day. <laughs> awesome. And you know, yeah. and time does soften, Jen. We yes. lost my father in law. It'll be two years coming up. And um, the days that you cry come a little bit less, yeah. but they come totally unexpected, like totally, but you know, thank you. And, yeah. and to the disc golf fans out there, um, that listen when pros like Jen share this, um, the support, you know, it's not buying a shirt or buying a pin yeah. or like no. just words it's of the support. love. The yeah, love. Sure. Absolutely. And it's so like, I went back to Oklahoma. So my, my parents, or my dad and family, whatever, you know, they, my, my parents have always supported me in this. And so they didn't, my dad knew I had all that, those tournaments. And so, and also my kids um, were on spring break kind of at the time that those tournaments were over. So we waited to have my mom's service until I got done playing those events. And then we went back and spent a few weeks in Oklahoma with my dad and had my mom's service. But um, I'm going to lose track. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I don't know I don't know where I was gonna go with that but it's yeah the support is incredible and and it's it definitely is out oh I know what I was gonna say um when I went back not only did I go to my mom's service but I went to the service of one of my best high school friends mother who passed away with with cancer as well and then um a another high school friend um, who lost his life. And so I went back and went to three funerals in the two weeks I was there Four, I guess we have two services for my mom. And then since then, like I've known of so many people who have passed and it's like, I had someone tell me the other day that um, spring is, you know, the new beginnings. And so it's like the full circle, you know, so like there's a lot of death because there's a lot of new Um, and so I'm trying to kind of accept it that way, but like we lost, um, the first female to win player of the year with a PDGA, you know, Saturday. And then, uh, another, you know, I learned about another one on Sunday and it's just, uh, another friend from Oklahoma who had passed and she had even commented on Saturday 
to my page and, and she's, you know, I haven't spoke to them in Oklahoma in so long um, or seen them play because I haven't played there. Um, she commented, you know, congratulations on a great round. And then I found out, you know, on Monday that she had passed. And it's like, it's just daily right now. And so I think that's going to kind of, I don't know, it helps and hurts the healing, right? But it's just uh, like, yeah, it's, you're, I feel like we're surrounded by it right now. And unfortunately, I will go ahead and say, and I usually don't, like multiple of them were suicide, right? So we lost a local disc golfer and then another one, uh, was it Ox? Um, yeah up there I, I don't think I ever really really met him and had a lot of conversations but I know so many did and I it from what you read like he did so much for the community up there and so it was like daily you know we were hearing of these passings and I guess I you could say you know if our communities are this great and the support is this great know that if you are struggling there's got to be at least a disc golfer or two that will be there for you absolutely so, like it's really hard to see and I know like the world you know is really hard right now and like everything's expensive and everything you know like it's it's not the best life really at the moment right now for a lot of people but um hopefully you'll know that like there's there's disc golfers out there that will will be there to support you so absolutely there's love and support for sure yeah, for sure and he's you know we talk about some of the deaths being suicide and we need to take the stigma away from mental health and yeah. there's disc golfers doing that um Chandler Fry does mental health Mondays mm-hmm. on his Instagram and he talks openly about it um you know I think um in, in every sport there's definitely struggles but I, I I love that disc golf is a community enough like we're a big sport but we're a small enough community that we can work together I think probably successfully to try to remove that stigma and let people know that there's help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we just put so much pressure on ourselves, right? And so if you build that pressure up, it'll make, you know, bring you down eventually. So you you do the whole self-care and, and being nice to yourself. Like it's, it's a true thing for sure. And I think it's important that we don't pigeonhole our success to one thing. Like Mm -hmm. we can be like as an you as an athlete, um, you know, you're a successful mother, you had a successful career, you're a successful athlete. I think a lot of these young players who are like quitting their jobs and hitting the road, they're pigeonholing and making only one thing. And that's disc golf, what has to define their success. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to let people know that success comes in all kinds of forms. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. Well, that went down a a hole I didn't expect it to get. That was beautiful though. And like, I just, the reason I, the reason I brought it up was because we talked about support and love for, for the players and I, the outpouring was amazing. And I just wanted people to know that those small little words do matter. Even if you don't hear back, they're reading them. Yeah. I was going to say, I read every single one of them. And I told, um, so when I went back and went to the first funeral and he was, 36 oh wow you know and and that's what I tried to tell people is like message the family like we read those like message them and and I used to not do that like even if I didn't really like wasn't super close but I feel like if you see someone you know who's lost a family member or lost a friend like message them because 
it does help. Like you read those and not that it takes away like the pain of losing someone, but it just, you feel the support and it just makes it a little less painful. So you're not alone. Yeah. 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 It it truly does. So definitely message people when you know that they're struggling because it helps for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, yeah you're thank welcome. you for sharing that. This has been fun. We've we've talked about all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's what we're about. We 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 just we don't get into like hot and heavy, controversial. Yeah. Like, let's force you to say something you don't want to say. We just talk. We just want yeah. our fans to hear the lighter side of life and other things that go on with with disc golfers because you guys are human too, right? Yes. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and that's another thing I think that all of us need to remember too, like as it grows and, and if the fan level really gets to that, you know, you know, like we have security, we laughed at first we had security, you know, we got security at the, it's like, oh wow, (laughs) you know, but I, if it grows and continues to grow, you know, more and more, like, I hope we can all remember that we're just human. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And a quick side note, when you talk about security, I remember like I've been playing for 23 years and been involved in TDing. And um, I was in Emporia in 2016 for Worlds and staying at the host hotel where Team Innova was staying and Paul Macbeth was staying there. And uh, I was in the pool and I was, there was a couple of disc golfers and Paul Macbeth's brother was in the pool with his girlfriend. And this entourage goes past, it's an indoor pool and it has windows to the hallway and this yep. entourage goes past. And I said, what's going on the there? Holiday Inn. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what's going on there? I said, and, they, and uh, he says, oh, that's my brother. Yeah. And I said, what? He goes, that's Paul. And I said, oh, he goes, he goes, I know ridiculous. Right. And his girlfriend's <laughs> like, if he didn't have an entourage, he yeah. would be in the lobby for three hours with people all over him yeah. wanting autographs. And I was like, our sports arrived. Holy cow. Yeah, it's getting there for sure. And yeah. I, as we say that, I think my next painter estimate has arrived. Yes. Okay. We will, well, we will let you go. Yeah. I, but thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, for, thanks for being on the show, Jen, it, and yeah. giving up your morning and um, putting your painters on hold for us. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast and just a really great casual conversation, like you said. Okay, Kerry, that was Jennifer Allen. Um, what's your perspective? You know, I've been following Jen for a lot of years and uh, bumped into her at different tournaments and such. And she's truly the human being that you've heard that we talked to. That is who she is in person. And um, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful she shared and that she opened up and had that conversation. And it's nice nice like I I say all the time they're just humans right disc golfers are humans too (laughs) so it's nice that Jen gave us that human side of what she's been going through this past little while yeah definitely and yeah Jen's a great player and a great ambassador and obviously as team captain for Innova um, Innova recognize how important she is to the game and and for the younger players Um, I've actually been watching Jen social media and she has a very unique throwing style she yes. has that wide last step and almost like a ice skater pirouette at the end yep and so I've been trying to get more distance in my throw by I want my arm to be a sling rather than muscles pulling it yep so I've been trying to widen my step to give me that room 
and that yeah. flexibility. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, I wish I could throw. She said she could throw her rock like 300 feet. And I'm going, yeah, yeah well, that that's my nine speed, you know, so. Right. Yeah. But that's her job, too. Like, if you watch is, social yeah. media, she's in the field every day. Yeah. So, yeah, people have to remember that, right? Like, we go to work full time and we disc golf part time. They going to work full time for them is disc golf. But she went to work full time. Yeah. And disc golf, not necessarily full time, but it was, you know, a yep. second career for her, which hats off. I mean, I think um, anybody, male or female, can learn that, hey, if you want to be really good at something and you can create that balance um, between your job, your family, and the sport you love, it, it can be done. Um, well, it's, it just requires dedication. Yeah. Our FPO winner at TCO, Julie Moens proved it yeah. she has I, I think her child's four months old yeah so she, had, she had it there at the check she had in baby and, yeah. there and her partner had baby strapped on and was walking and following the, the 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 card and she won and you know being a mom and having a job and playing disc golf like that's yeah. in, it's inspiring yeah it was pretty cool to see the the FPO podium because they're all from the they all know each other. They're from the island. It was the Vancouver Island sweep. It was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And Gabby Lee, a guest on the show, finished second. Uh, yep. Tom, Thomas had a great back nine to on the final round. Eight birdies out of nine holes. Um, I haven't two. seen live golf like that. Like a battle like him and Max were having yep. back and forth in a really long time. It was good golf. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I didn't see it, unfortunately. But when max on hole 14 which is the old 15 skipped an ace in yep i i heard that people were saying okay it's over now 100 percent like i was i was down by the teapad and it went in and the crowd that was sitting up on the hill was screaming and cheering and we didn't quite know if it was an ace for sure because max was quite reserved and he didn't like jump up and high five his card mates and run or anything so we're like is it in and then he threw his hands in the air and it was an ace. But um, yeah, the mumbling was like, oh my gosh, what's Thomas going to do now? Yeah. And well, Thomas birded that hole and then went on to bird the next hole and Max bogeyed it. So yeah. 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 Great, great finish. Uh, I'm hoping that wins sparks Thomas um, to more success. I, yeah. I, I was chatting to him before the game and oh, not before the round, the night before, I think. And we were talking how he was having good rounds, but not maybe two or three good rounds, but just that one hot round. And yeah. now he, he just had to piece it together. So hopefully that'll happen in the near future for him. Yeah. And he's got the European swing coming up too. So yeah, yeah he's really excited about that. So I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on those events too. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks with Nate Sexton. The yeah, the innovative team captain for the the men's. So it's good to have the both of them appear on the show. Um, thanks, Kerry, and yeah, well, I'm sure I'll bump into you very soon. Thank you. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye.